This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a Madden Monday on the Fans First Network here at Trib Live. Tim Benz with you and with Mark Madden from 105.9 The X. You can listen to Mark Monday through Friday on The X 3 until 6. You can catch him in the Trib four times a week. Madden Benz unfiltered at 9.30 on Monday morning. Mark and I are actually taping up a little bit earlier than normal on Sunday. Mark's got to get out to the Eagles show tonight, so we'll have a recap of that on Madden Ben's Unfiltered, but lots to talk about. Even though it is a Steelers bye week, we'll get to football in a minute. Mark, let's start with hockey and the Penguins uh, following the loss against the Blackhawks to start the season. Two wins against Washington on the road and then the Flames at home. My gosh, I don't think they play back-to-back again until mid-November, so that's nice. But uh, when the Stars play like Stars, they win. That's going to be the determining factor all year. Yeah, I thought it was a real good game and a real good weekend for the combination of Malkin and Riley Smith. They have a a chemistry together. I mean, could be fluky. It's only a handful of games, but I like the way in particular they moved the puck through the neutral zone. Malkin was passing the puck between the blue lines rather than trying to lug it through as he uh, so often, sometimes too often, has done in the past. So I, I like that combination. And I like the uh, Carlson Latang one two punch. Uh, Carlson absolutely dominated the game at Washington. He had the, the Capitals almost paralyzed with some of the stuff he was doing. And Chris Latang was just brilliant uh, in the win uh, last night against Calgary. So, you know, those two guys with one on the ice just about all the time, that's going to be pretty hard for a lot of teams to overcome. Uh, obviously, not that Carlson's a real defensive guy. But Latang's uh, abilities in that area sometimes go underestimated. But with those two on the ice, the Penguins are just going to have the puck an awful lot. Uh, the only disappointing thing so far, uh, no production at all. I was going to say not much production, but not at all from the bottom six. Uh, I'm a bit surprised either Carlson or Latang hasn't scored a goal yet. But goals by defensemen are kind of, I don't want to say random, but they depend a lot on, on situation. A little bit of luck involved there, too. And, and just kind of a sidebar. I thought Najelkovic played a real good game in goal uh, last night against Calgary. I think if that is uh, Casey to Smith in goal, the Penguins lose the game. I think they're down by more than 1-0 at the end of the second period. Not that, uh, not that uh, the Penguins didn't play well in the first two periods, but they've always had trouble with that Markstrom guy, Andre the Giant in goal. He ain't no good. He's just big. 
But then they came on, got what, the two goals in 41 seconds to start the third, and they were well on their way. Yeah, the third period started off fast. The Penguins completely flipped momentum. It almost felt like the Blackhawks game to a degree until that second intermission because the Penguins were getting chances. Markstrom with his size, keeping it out of the net. And uh, then the Penguins star players, whether they were the ones scoring the goals or not, they really turned it on. I want to go back to your point, Mark, about situations dictating when defensemen score goals, especially with the Penguins and what their power play could and should be. That's where some of the defensive points could come for Latang and for Carlson. I know you had concerns about the power play coming into the season. What do you think of what you've seen over the first three games? Uh, well, the first game was terrible, but only had two opportunities. I was nearly cataclysmic when I saw Carlson at the left half wall. He should never be there. You talk about rotating players. How about just keeping the players in their comfortable spots and moving the puck quickly, which is what happened in the next two games. They got the two PPGs at Washington. They were over three against Calgary, but I thought the power play was pretty smooth in uh, that game. I thought it generated chances and seized momentum. So overall, it's still a work in progress. I, I like the way they went to the nets, like Sid's goal right in front, the way they got the puck to the net and got there with numbers in the D.C. game. So i, I got to be honest, Tim, I don't trust it for a second. I, I just think it will be overcomplicated, barring Carlson seizing control, because he knows more about the power play than any coach they have and than any player they have. If he seizes control and says, okay, here's the way it has to be, guys, and they listen, that's the best hope for the power play. But it, it, it's been okay so far. Let's dig a little deeper for a second on the topic of the bottom six because I do think that's something to keep an eye on. Not only are they getting good play from the really top-line players like Crosby and Malkin, but Gensel got a goal, a couple goals. But, you know, Brian Russ has been really good so far. Uh, Riley Smith scored a couple so far. So it's not just the top players, it's the top two lines. Where the bottom six is going to have to step up is on a night where the lines collectively aren't on top or don't have it or have a tough matchup or something to that effect. Well, they might not. <laughs> I, mean, I, I Like, there's no, who would you bet on those bottom six forwards, Tim, to score a goal? I mean, Drew O'Connor, you know, good good skates, good hustle, hands of stone. Lars Eller, I mean, he can score, but he's 34. I actually like the way he's played so far. Um, that Harkins has disappointed me. For a guy who came in and they liked right away, despite him being available through waivers, he looks slow out there, which surprises me. On a team based on speed, at least that's what they keep telling themselves. And uh, the bottom the bottom line showing me zilts so far. So, I mean, they had, a, they had a decent shift or two, you know, at key times over the first three games. But, uh, but you need more than that. Yeah, you're right. You do need the occasional goal. You need the occasional goal from the D as well. How do you think the pairings are working out on D, specifically the Swedish pair with Pedersen and Carlson and then Graves being tied right now with, uh, with Latang? I think Graves and Latang have been okay. I think they'll get better. I think it's a good combination. It hasn't fleshed itself out yet. I think Carlson and Pedersen are tremendous. I think Pedersen's played very well so far. So I think in terms of who plays with who, that's been settled. How about Wilson's antics at the end of the Capitals game, going after Pedersen who never fights? He's a jackass. What do you expect? Although they stink, you know, Tim, the Capitals. So if he's going to fight at the end of every game where they're trailing, he's going to be worn out by Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yeah, might get himself suspended a couple times between now and occasional Penguin games down the road. You know, I mentioned... Yeah, I, mean, I mean, stuff like that angers me, 
But, you know, what else do I expect from that guy at this point? Especially at this point when his team's not that good anymore and when he might be fading some too. I mentioned the schedule so far, Mark. That is a bit of a break early for the Penguins in the sense that they don't have a ton of back-to-back games. That's often the case uh, in the NFL season, especially for the American teams. Then they find themselves with tons of back-to-backs late. So in one sense, it's good. You're not tiring out this older roster early, but then you got to make do with what you got at the back end of the schedule, which oftentimes you do get backloaded with those back-to-back games. Well, uh, you know why they do that with the American teams, right? To avoid conflict with football as much as they can. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so, uh, so I mean, yeah, it's great to win back-to-backs the first time out. But uh, I'm looking big picture here, Tim. I think they need to just be in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. If they're in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving, then the loser points to catching up. It doesn't figure in as much. You know, you, it's so hard to catch up in this league, frankly, given the inanity of the loser point and, and a lot of games being worth three points and some games being worth only two. Just a couple of hockey notes, Mark, before we do get to football that I thought were interesting, and it is bite-sized samples. But, my gosh, so far, Austin Matthews, back-to-back hat-tricks, he seems to be on a mission. And then there's the Oilers who, you know, in game one, it just sort of jumped out at you, didn't it? The fact that they gave up eight goals when they need defense to round out who they are. Well, I, I, I bet they got swept by talk home and home. That too, yeah. Knuckleheads. Uh, tell me, I, Tim, I didn't look closely. Tell me Casey DeSmith wasn't a goal for either game. That would, I mean, you should just drum Edmonton out of the league at that point. <laughs> I thought they uh, I thought they threw him. Didn't they throw him in? in the back half of one of those games? I think they did. Oh, yeah, I think the, the starter got shaken up. But, but at any rate, uh, yeah, Austin Matthews is, is with Ovechkin, I think, fading a little bit. Boy, he didn't look too good Friday night. Ove- uh, Matthews is the best pure goal scorer in the league, even better than Pasternak. And Pasternak, by the way, is going to have trouble with no legitimate center there. I mean, their top two centers are Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka. I mean, Buchigross predicted uh, Pasta to score 55 goals this year. With those centers, I just don't think so. But yeah, Matthews with two consecutive hat tricks, and he's going for a third against Chicago, I think it is. Yeah, Monday, Monday night. night. So yep. That's doable. That's doable. I mean, if I were him, I'd come out to try to do it. I'd, be, I'd want to be like Johnny double no-hit Vandermeer to, <laughs> to, to give an incredibly dated reference to everybody. <laughs> How about what you saw from Bedard? Uh, he's Pretty good. I mean, here's something, Tim, and he'd be ashamed probably to know this. Or maybe not. Maybe he watched tape and copied it. He shoots like I did in deck hockey. I'm sure that's where it came from. Yeah, well, there's those tapes on YouTube, Tim. You've seen them. I was awesome. No, he gets like his stick way out in front, like almost reaches across his body. See, I did it because I'm fat. He did it because he just does it. The analogy I keep making about him is he looks like Patrick Mahomes if he was a hockey player. The release point from any angle, and he gets so much on it, and he's got great feet in the process, too. I think that's the direct analogy to make more so than another hockey player. Well, I'd have to really look at it like slow-mo of a shot. I suggest, I'm suspecting he picks the puck like up at the heel, and it like rolls through the curve when he releases it. You know what I mean? So I would expect that makes the shot move a little bit, too, and I don't know. I just find him fascinating. I really enjoy watching him. And, Tim, here's the thing. There's that great uh, three-way MVP, uh, excuse me, three-way rookie of the year race, at least three ways between him, uh, Logan Coley, and Adam Fantilli. 
but but if Bedard has a good season, all he'll get it because he's just supposed to get it. Yeah, and Luke Hughes you might want to throw him in the defenseman too. Although as a defenseman, he might not pop. Yeah, they, they don't they don't give it to defensemen. If you want to throw Jack Hughes out there for MVP, I'm down with that. Yeah, um, a lot of people think that's a good pick for MVP for the Hart Trophy, but. Then again, you know, like with Matthews and with Connor McDavid, you know, there are more star power players and more, well, Canadian markets, to be honest with you, that'll get more attention. Yeah, but Jack Hughes is, is, is in New York or close enough, so I, I just don't think they'll have a good enough year for him to be MVP. Plus, plus Tim, don't forget, they gave it to Taylor Hall. One double <laughs> in one lifetime, that's enough. Madden Benz Unfiltered coming up on Monday at 9.30 as well. Catches in the Trib Live Facebook video stream. Mark, thoughts of the Steelers coming out of the bye? Well, I don't understand why everybody's making it into a big story that they're not going to fire Matt Canada. We knew they weren't going to fire Matt Canada. Like, the amount of invented stories that a lot of the so-called media, even national, but mostly local covering the Steelers, like, they're not going to fire Matt Canada. They might trade for Kirk Cousins because that GM Lombardi, he said that, right? Okay, there's, there's not even talks about that. The Steelers wouldn't even consider that. And there's a bunch of reasons why they wouldn't, not least that they never make a move like that. Um uh, you know, and just the fire him at Canada chance at Penguin games, at Pitt games. It's times like this when we show what a petty, stupid, obsessed town we are. If Matt Canada wasn't the offensive coordinator and Kyle Shanahan was, pretty good offensive mind there, Shanahan, right, Tim? For sure. Okay, the Steelers would still be three and two. Okay, with the with the offensive weaponry they have or don't, they would not have scored enough points to beat Houston in San Francisco. Although Kyle Shanahan coaching against himself would be relatively interesting. But but they, you know, they, but we boiled Matt Canada down into this great Satan. And you know what? If, if the Steeler fans are stupid enough to do that, and they really are that stupid, Tim, if they're stupid enough to do that, then go ahead and do it. But don't ruin my Penguin game. Don't, don't infringe on my time, okay? And I was really proud of the real Penguin fans at uh, PPG Paints Arena, because when that stuff started, they drowned it out with Let's Go Pens. That's what I'm talking about. That's a Pittsburgh hockey fan. I was yet again put off by the national media this week where Fox Sports rates Tomlin as the number three coach in the NFL. You got Mike Greenberg after the Ravens game talking about Tomlining, turning it into a verb, and he meant it complimentary. I think you could use that phrase in a negative fashion, personally, Mark, given the way things have turned out the last six oh, years. Oh, yeah, they're, they're tomlining all right. Yeah, so it just drives me batty that the closest they can get to criticizing Mike Tomlin is saying he's too loyal to Matt Canada. And basically, by criticizing him, they are essentially complimenting him. That drives me nuts. Well, Tim, here's what I have to say. Mike Tomlin is an absolute fraud. He has been for over a decade. And when he leaves as coach of the Steelers, whenever that is, the whole world will agree with me. You know, we are currently taping while some of the NFL games are going on, most of them actually in the 4 o'clock hour, so we don't know the results of what the Rams are doing. They haven't even kicked off yet against the Cardinals. Uh, We're waiting for this Browns game to wrap up. We can certainly talk about this more on Madden Ben's Unfiltered. But these games that they've got coming up now against the Rams, against Jacksonville, um, you know, at the start of the season, you look at the schedule and said, well, they'll do their typical thing where they're, you know, maybe going to be three and two-ish going into the bye, and they've then got an easier stretch coming up in October and November, but I've got no faith that they're going to be better than two and two, at best in this stretch. Uh, I think they could lose every game and win every game. 
but they won't win every game. Does that make sense? Yeah, they won't like, lose every game because they will. They, they'll be Tomlinning, Mark. They won't. No, they lose, no, they might lose every game. <laughs> okay, but they won't win every game. But they, you know, I think they'll probably will go two and two in that stretch. But where does that get them? Where does that get them, Tim? Like, like I've been saying on Twitter all the time. You guys out there with your fire Matt Canada chance and your delusions of grandeur and your overestimation of Pickett, your overestimation of Tomlin, you'll get to nine and eight soon enough. Just shut up and wait for it. Yeah, and even taking examples from the NFL this weekend, regardless of how this Browns game against the Niners turns out, I mean, you know, you get a couple in-game injuries and you're screwed. And that's a good team in San Francisco, let alone like what could happen to the Steelers if they get more banged up before they get healthy again with some other guys coming back. Although I will say Deontay Johnson, even though he's not a great player, it's really obvious how much that passing game struggles when he's out and those other wide receivers have to be elevated. Tim, I never realized how much they needed Deontay Johnson until they didn't have him. I'm not the biggest fan. I don't think he's a true number one NFL wide receiver, but he's what the doctor ordered in terms of his return. He will help them a great deal. I think maybe Matt Cannell screw him up. Maybe Matt Cannell bench him. Maybe Matt Cannell will line him up in the backfield. Maybe Matt Cannell <laughs> will go to his house in the middle of the night and kill his dog. <laughs> Real quick on Pitt, Mark. What a typical Pitt win, huh? Against Louisville. Now that all hope is gone, they take out an undefeated team. That's that's what they used to do, like under Wanstatt and Walt and Paul Chris. They used to get those wins all the time. Well, I, 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 leave it to Pitt to need a Penn State quarterback to pull an upset. <laughs> uh, and that's something I intend to harp on a lot during my show this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, good for them. They're still 2-4. and four. It's typical Pitt. I mean, if I'm a Pitt fan, yeah, I'm happy about pulling the upset. I'm also wondering what the hell happened in some of these other games. And I'm also wondering if this kid, what is, what, how's he pronounce his name? Valer? Vayer. His dad, his dad said value. His dad, I mean, I, I don't care. I mean, to quote the barber in Coming to America, his daddy called him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Uh, <laughs> but, 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 you know, should he have been the quarterback all along? That's the question. Mark, enjoy the Eagles tonight. Um, we'll get a full review on Madden Ben's Unfiltered in the morning. Is this your first time seeing the Eagles? Have you seen them before in the past? No, I've seen the Eagles uh, quite a bit, but I'm a, I'm a late convert. Uh, I, I never saw them. You might recall maybe about 15 years ago, there was a documentary on cable called The History of the Eagles. And I watched the documentary and it really kind of opened my eyes as to the significance of their their band and, and the material they put out within the context of American music. And uh, after that, and you know, it was it was you know a watered down, well, not too watered down. When I first saw them, they had just got rid of Felder, you know, because of that internal squabble, and they were famous for internal squabbles their whole career. But but I did see them with you know Fry Henley Walsh, uh, Timothy B. Schmidt, even Bernie Leadon returned for for the one tour. So uh, so yeah, I mean they're. They're one of the top, I mean, I've always rated the top uh, three American bands as, in order, Aerosmith, Van Halen, and Leonard Skinner. But uh, I would put the Eagles very likely at number four. And then at number five, probably the Beach Boys, maybe Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Guns N' Roses doesn't have big enough of a catalog, only four real albums. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, I consider him a solo act. Uh, and, and not part of the East Street Band, and I wouldn't put them on there anyway. But uh, but yeah, I think the Eagles are pretty significant, and I know some people put them put them uh, higher than, than than I would. 
for a while you said you weren't as much on board, so you were like the dude in the Big Lebrowski then? A little bit. When I was younger, one thing that did make me buy Eagles albums was when they added Joe Walsh when, when Bernie Layden quit mm-hmm. uh, because they became a lot less countrified and a lot more rocky. Like, like, let me tell you my bathroom break song for the Eagles. Can you guess what it is, Tim? It's not Hotel California because you said you liked Hotel California. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's a, a a symphony, like a like kind of a California flamenco symphony. Uh, and unfortunately, this song's one of the encores, so it's not a bathroom break now. But I hate freaking Desperado. Oh, I hate Desperado. Yeah, oh, just, just I, I just can't slow, hear that song again. Yeah, slow, weepy garbage. I can't stand it. So in that era of the Eagles, I, I didn't like. I kind of thought they burst burst. Uh, open for me with already gone uh, although that was prior to walsh that was the first song they recorded with don felder having joined but like when walsh joined like i said it, it really picked up then and don't forget you have the additional uh joe walsh songs like some of the james gang catalog even uh in eagles concerts now which is really good Mark Madden, he'll be on with me. Madden Benz, unfiltered, 9.30 a.m. on Monday morning. This is Breakfast with Benz, the Fans First Network.